Drabblecast B-Sides, Episode 60, The Great Voodoo Linux Teen Zombie Massacre, by Lucy A. Snyder. Lucy's the Bram Stoker award-winning author of the urban fantasy novels Spellbent, Shotgun Sorceress, Switchblade Goddess, and the collections Orchid Carousels, Sparks and Shadows, Chimeric Machines, and Installing Linux on a Dead Badger. Her writing's been translated into French, Russian, and Japanese editions, and has appeared in publications such as What Fates Impose, Strange Horizons, Weird Tales, Hellbound Hearts, Dark Faith, Chiaroscuro, and The Best Horror of the Year, Volume 5. You can learn more about her at lucysnyder.com. So without further ado, we bring you The Great Voodoo Linux Teen Zombie Massacre by Lucy A. Snyder. I'm back, I'll get the milkman ready to sail. Get the milkman ready. Get the milkman ready. Bob and I attracted a pack of zombies when we stopped to fuel up at the Texaco in Buffalo Springs. I hoped we'd lost them, but hope was all I had. Bob said they were the fresh remains of a high school football team who'd been drowned and desold by water demons at a lakeside party. Young, strong corpses have the speed and stamina to run down a deer. Until the sun and wind finally turned their flesh to stinky jerky, they'd be dangerous enough to make a vampire shit bats. And fresh zombies are persistent as porn site pop-up ads. If they take a shine to the smell of your blood, they might track you for days, stopping only if live meat falls right in their laps. It'd be months before they got the dead man shamble and could be taken out with a well-placed headshot. Of course, with the right software and hardware, you could kill even the most problem zombie, but that was some fairly arcane stuff, even for experienced hackers. If my editor was right, Bob was one of only about five genuine cyber-spiritual experts in the U.S., but so far he seemed more like a second-grade grease monkey than a computer guru. I had my doubts... Maybe we should go back to the gas station, I suggested. That guy Bubba said he had a sick badger in one of his pens. Wouldn't this work better with a fresh animal? More important, Bubba had plenty of guns and ammunition. All I had was a small six-shot Beretta in the thigh pocket of my cargo pants. Bob had a small deer rifle in the gun rack of his cab. Not nearly enough firepower if the zombie teen squad showed up. "'Tain't no challenge, my man,' Bob said, his voice dripping with scorn and tobacco juice. "'Any fool with a copy of Red Hat and a pair of pliers can put Linux on a live badger, or even a fresh kilt one.' Bob hit a pothole, and I nearly lost my grip on the trio PDA. My nice, shiny new Nokia phone had fallen out of my pocket when the dead kid in the tattered Godsmack t-shirt was chasing me through the parking lot by the gas pumps, and I'd be damned if I was going to lose anything else on this trip. I was going to kill my editor for sending me on this Texas hell ride, absolutely kill her, or at least demand a paid vacation. I could still hear Wendy's simpering wheedle. The highway patrol says the Lubbock area's all clear. You'll be perfectly safe, Sam. Safe my ass. Bob was warming to his rant. This zombie business is war. War, my man. The kind Patton never dreamt of. We're fighting the gall-darn forces of darkness here. We gotta use some serious finesse. And there ain't nothing that spells finesse like installing a home defense system on a dead badger. You write that down, son. The readers o' Mac Hack need to know this stuff if they're gonna keep them and theirs safe. 
I dutifully typed it down in my trio. I had gotten pretty quick with a thumb keyboard, but as a precaution against being dropped in the mud, I'd stuck the PDA down in an unlubricated clear polyurethane condom and tied off the open end with a rubber band. The condom, though dry, was still pretty slick, adding an extra layer of challenge to note-taking. Hot damn, come to Papa. Bob abruptly swerved over into the shoulder and slammed on the brakes. The Ford slewed to a stop in the caliche beside a stand of mesquites. In the glow of the headlights was a dead badger, all four legs stiff in the air. It was on the large side, maybe close to twenty pounds. Bob hopped out of the truck and ran over to the badger, turning it over and feeling around in the blood-matted fur. "'Yep, the legs and spine and skull are in right fine shape,' he yelled back to me, as excited as a ten-year-old on Christmas morning. "'I can't feel nothing but some broken ribs. This'll do.' He tossed the badger into the bed of the truck, and soon we were speeding back to Bob's shop. Bob's computer shack was wedged in between a hair salon and a subway sandwich shop in a little roadside strip. The big storefront windows and all the shops had been boarded up with plywood and reinforced with two-by-fours and rebar. All the shopkeepers were relying on neon open signs to tell passerby that they were carrying on with their business in the face of the zombie apocalypse. I followed Bob into the shop, and he locked and barred the door behind us. The air smelled of dust and plastic with a faint metallic stink from a burned-out monitor he'd hauled for other parts. Soon it was all going to reek of rotten badger. Bob carried the carcass over to a work table he'd already cleared off and covered with a long sheet of butcher paper. He wiped his hands off on his overalls and pulled out an old tangerine eye book, which he set on the other end of the table. I pulled out my trio to take notes. All right, first the easy crap. Put in the duppy card in the eye book so we can get OSX to talk to the badger, Bob said. I already downloaded a copy of Flesh Golem from the Apple site. It's in the utility section. Bob pulled what looked like a wireless notebook card out of a drawer on the table. It had a hinged lid and a clear cover over what looked like a small, shallow ivory box inlaid in the card. Next, you take some hair and blood from the critter, and you, you just put them there in this here compartment. He popped the cover open and smeared a hairy clot into the box. Bob lifted the keyboard off the iBook to reveal the airport slot. He slid the duppy card inside, replaced the keyboard, set the iBook aside. I heard a thump and a shriek from the hair salon next door. Marla, get your shotgun! The woman sounded a little like Wendy, though the only time I'd ever really heard my editor scream was when a college intern lost an entire set of page proofs. Mostly, she just took on a fakey, sweet, patronizing tone when she thought you'd screwed up. Well, we'll do this better next time now, won't we, Sam? She talked down to practically everyone like we were preschoolers. No wonder she'd been divorced twice. Damn her for sending me out here. If I survived this, I was going to demand vacation and a shiny new workstation. Okay, now we got to install the duppy security antenna, Bob said, apparently oblivious to the shouting next door. You can run your badger without it, but it'd be pretty easy for someone to hack him <laughs> if they could get some blood and hair off it. I jumped as the shotgun boomed twice in rapid succession next door. A chorus of zombies roared in pain. I told him they need to get a better lock on that door, Bob grumbled. He got a penknife and made a small incision at the nape of the badger's neck. 
He pulled up a long, thin, coppery wire and shoved it down into the incision like a mechanic forcing a rusty dipstick into a car engine. See, you gotta get this to lay as flat on the spine as possible. Your security won't be any good. Now somebody was firing a pistol, the pops punctuating the zombie roars. Should I, should we go see if they need help? I asked. <laughs> nah, those gals know how to handle themselves. And besides, opening the door right now is kind of a bad idea. He wiped his hands off and pulled out a bright yellow software box with a cartoon of a witch doctor on the cover. Now we get to the fun part. We gonna install Voodoo. It's a wicked little Linux distro. Now, if your badger's got some kind of brain damage, you can always get a modified install, but it's a real bitch. And Rabies makes the whole thing a crapshoot anyway. Read the frickin' manual before you try it. My heart bounced as dead fists hammered the plywood protecting the computer shop's front windows. I couldn't hear anything from next door. I hoped that meant the women inside had driven their attackers away. Now, don't you pay that no never mind. Even if they got through that wood, they still got to get through the window bars. We got plenty of time. Bob pulled a small, rolled-up piece of parchment out of his desk. This here has the system config info, spiritual program components, and your password. You gotta write it all down on blessed parchment and something like Enochian or Soul Script. <laughs> write neat like. Roll it up, stick it down the badger's throat, all the way down there to the stomach. He demonstrated with the aid of a screwdriver. The zombies were still hammering the plywood. A couple of them had found a loose edge and were wrenching one panel away from the bricks. One shoved a gray arm between the bars. The pane fractured and fragments shattered to the floor. My hands were shaking too hard to take notes, so I set my trio aside and dug my Beretta out of my thigh pocket. Not that I was in much condition to shoot straight, either. You ain't gonna need that yet, Bob said sharply, apparently irritated I'd stopped taking notes. Them bars'll keep em back better than that little pea-shooter yours will. I reluctantly stuck the pistol in my waistband and picked up the trio. He opened the voodoo box and pulled out an herb-scented scroll of paper. This is the entire code behind voodoo. Fold it up into the shape of the critter and put more blood and hair inside. He unrolled the scroll and started folding it up into an origami badger-like shape. It's real hard to make your own paper, so don't lose it. Open source only takes you so far with this stuff. The zombies had wrenched the first plywood sheet clean off the window. Three of them were growling and rattling the bars while the others hammered and yanked at the remaining boards. My stomach was twisting itself into an acidic knot. The bars really didn't look that sturdy. With every good pull, I could see the steel bolts and the cinder blocks giving just a little. I wondered how far I'd get if I made a run for the back door. Again, I cursed Wendy a thousand ways. A vacation and new computer wouldn't even begin to make up for this trip. Bob was studiously ignoring the zombies. Finished with the origami badger, he smeared a foot-wide pentagram on the paper using the badger's blood. He set the carcass at the top point and put the origami badger in the middle. Now burn the paper and do your incantation. He got out his lighter, opened up the voodoo manual, and started chanting while he lit the paper. Bright green flames erupted, and the smoke curled around the badger's carcass. We watched as the smoke flowed into the badger's mouth and nose. It shuddered as it took a breath. 
And we got Badger. He pulled out the tangerine eye book and started typing furiously. The badger was trying to get up, its rigor mortis legs jerking like Harryhausen's stop motion. It got its head up and growled at us, bearing long canines. It sounded more like an angry grizzly bear. I didn't think something that small could generate such menace. I took a step back, just to be safe. Oh, and that's why they call them badgers, my friend. When they get mad, they're real bad news. He laughed. Oh, nothing pisses critters off like being woken from a good dirt nap. I was feeling sicker by the minute. I'd had my doubts about the reanimation working, but it never occurred to me that he wouldn't have the thing under control. The zombies had pulled the rest of the plywood off the window and were heaving hard on the creaking bars. Bob opened a telnet window, started tapping on the commands. Junkyard dogs ain't got nothing on badgers. I seen a 15-pound badger send a 60-pound pit bull mix yelping, bleeding back to his mama. I mean, look at the claws on that sucker. This bad boy could dig his way through highway pavement. The badger abruptly lurched to its feet and leapt on Bob, chomping down on his left forearm. Bob hollered and fell backwards into a table of disassembled PCs. The badger worried his arm furiously as it tore at his belly with its clawed forelegs. I started forward to try to help Bob, but he waved me back frantically with his free hand. No, no, get the iBook. Type in kill 655. I did. The badger froze, still latched onto Bob's forearm. His t-shirt was soaked in blood from the deep slashes in his belly. He awkwardly shook his arm, but the badger wouldn't budge. Huh. Well, that's a hell of a system, Bug, he said weakly. This little bastard's bit me right down to the bone. Launch flesh golem, would ya? It's in the dock. I spotted a dock icon that looked like Frankenstein's monster and clicked it. A program opened that looked a lot like the Mac port of the old Doom first-person shooter game. Instead of a game screen, there was a pixelated black-and-white image of Bob's face. I was seeing through the dead badger's eyes. Cool, I whispered. Oh yeah, it's real cool. Now get this critter off me. Hit the escape key. The badger unclenched its jaws and fell to the floor with a heavy thump. The screen told me the badger was resetting itself. Bob clutched his bleeding arm, wincing. The badger righted itself and sat like a dog, awaiting new commands. The blood on Bob's shoes shone like tar through the iCam screen. Damn, this stings, Bob said. Where'd I put that medical kit? I gotta... The bars hit the pavement outside with a tremendous clanging crash. One zombie was pinned beneath the bars, but the other four poured in through the shattered window. Oh, god dang it! Can't a man finish a goddamn presentation around here? Bob pulled a shotgun from a sheath beneath the work table, fired it at the rushing zombies. My ears rang from the boom. The blast hit the lead zombie squarely in the chest, but it barely slowed down. Get on back there and get that badger running, Bob called loudly, apparently a bit deafened. And don't forget to initialize Necro Null in options, or he ain't gonna be much use. Clutching the iBook, I ran to the back of the shop and spotted a closet-like restroom. I ran inside, flipped on the light, and locked the door behind me. The lock wouldn't hold for more than a minute or two, but I hoped Bob could keep the zombies busy long enough to figure out what I was doing. Amid the roars and shotgun blasts, I set the iBook on the sink and moused around, trying to get the badger up and biting. 
While the basic controls were indeed fairly simple and doom-like, there was menu after menu of advanced controls for a mind-boggling array of behaviors. There was even a karaoke menu so that you could hook up a microphone and attempt to speak through the primitive vocal cords of the creature you'd animated. Pushing aside the mental image of a frat boy drunkenly singing Louie Louie through a dead Pomeranian, I found the Necronull combat option and clicked it on. The iCam screen shuddered and turned technicolor. A new menu of fighting commands popped up for regular combat mode and I know kung fu mode, the latter of which came with a warning that it was only good for about five minutes before your golem spontaneously combusted. My inner 15-year-old giggled. Spontaneous combustion? Fire! Fire is cool! I told my teen to buzz off and set to kicking some zombie hiney in combat mode. All I could see was a mass of legs, so I hopped the badger onto a nearby chair for a better view. Bob was leaping from table to table, trying to dodge the five zombies as he reloaded his shotgun. He'd blasted away parts of their limbs, heads, bodies, but he'd only just slowed them down. Even the one who'd lost both its lower legs and all of one arm was hopping around on stumped thighs, gamely trying to grab Bob's ankles. Bob turned his head toward the badger. A little help here, he called. His voice came through the iBook's speaker a half second after I heard it through the door. I leaped the badger onto runs on stumps. As the badger bit into the back of its neck, the zombie went rigid, and its skin went white and ashy. The zombie's necro-nulled flesh crumbled like clay beneath the badger's teeth and raking claws. Good one, Bob said. The others won't go so quick, cause they ain't hurt so bad. I attacked the next zombie, which had only a superficial shotgun wound to its shoulder. As the badger's teeth sank into its neck, the zombie roared and punched the badger into a pile of empty computer cases. I heard a dull snap from the speaker, and the badger shuddered. The screen flashed. Warning. Spinal tap in progress. Combat mode not possible. Continue via I know kung fu? Yes, no. Fire, 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 my inner teen chanted. I hit the Y key, and the screen went red. The badger rose up, up in the air, and floated against the ceiling, scanning for targets. The zombie who'd fractured the badger's spine was flaking apart like asbestos, and the remaining three had cornered Bob, whose shotgun had apparently jammed. Then Bob looked up and saw the badger, mouthed, Oh, crap and dropped to the floor, covering his head. The badger screamed down on the zombies, jaws snapping and paws clawing faster than the computer could track. It went clear through one zombie's head like a fuzzy buzzsaw and ripped through the others. I caught a glimpse of Bob crawling desperately for cover at the back of the store. The badger dove in and out, faster and faster, like a small, furry, dead Superman. Warning! Overload imminent! I gave the iBook the four-finger salute, but the program was locked. I was just about to hit the power button when the badger exploded. You know how matter can turn into energy? I found out later that the reason Necronull is buried in Flesh Golem's options is that when I Know Kung Fu sparks a spiritual overload, it causes all of the still-living matter in the Golem to become energy. A few bacterial cells, usually, or maybe a dying roundworm, not enough to match the power of a nuclear weapon, per se, but plenty to create one hell of a bang. 
Is it a bug or a feature? I guess it depends on how many zombies you have to kill and how badly you want them gone. The boom rocked the entire building, and I was knocked flat. The iBook clattered onto the dirty floor, its keyboard popping free and its screen blacking out. I got to my feet and cautiously opened the door. Bob lay in an unconscious heap against the back door. The computer shop was a complete wreck. Smoke and zombie blood hung in a thick red rust mist. The remaining windows were shattered, and the front door had been blown off its hinges. There was not a single zombie in sight. Two middle-aged women in pink beautician smocks stood on the sidewalk outside, squinting into the dark shop. One clutched a Mossberg shotgun. Though their faces and smocks were smudged with soot and blood, their bouffants were quite immaculate. "'Are you okay in there?' the older of the two women called. "'I'm fine, but Bob needs an ambulance,' I replied. "'Does the phone in your shop still work?' "'Sure does. I'll go give the boys at VFD a holler,' she said. "'It took me three days to get back to civilization. "'I didn't end up killing my editor. "'When I got back, we had what diplomats call a frank and cordial exchange. "'And, well, we parted ways. "'After that, I did what any good American would do. "'I sued.' But all's well that ends well. I used my settlement proceeds to start up the Critter Karaoke Club. And the college kids just can't get enough. This story was brought to you by Drabblecast Productions. Special thanks to our episode artist, Aaron Siddell. Aaron's an illustrator specializing in fantasy and science fiction illustration. His works appeared in numerous tabletop role-playing games, miniature games, and in a wide selection of magazines and children's publications. He presently lurks in the wilds of upstate New York with his beloved wife Kathleen, the kung fu cat Nayla, and many, many books. Check out his website at Aaron Siddall, that's S-I-D-D-A-L-L dot com. And special thanks to you, the Drabblecast B-Side subscriber. We couldn't do this without you, and we just want you to know you're swell. Thank you.